This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's twice daily these days uh, politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Balls and James Forsyth. So Katie, we've just had the results of the first round of the leadership contest. Tell us, what are they? So you've had two candidates knocked out, Nadim Zahori and Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy Hunt received 18 nominations. That means he's actually lost some since yesterday, given you have to have 20 to be on the ballot. And I think it also just points to the fact that Tom Tugendhat, who has made it through on 37 nominations, is the chosen One Nation candidate. He has much more momentum behind him, which has hurt Jeremy Hunt. And then you had Nadim Zahori also knocked out. He had 25 nominations, but you need to have 30 to progress. But I think when looking at Nadim Zahori, it's interesting interesting in the sense that he was I think in recent weeks being talked up as a potential unity candidate but I think the past week's been very difficult for him I think his decision to take a promotion from Boris Johnson after Rishi Sunak resigned to then 24 hours later or even less than 24 hours effectively join a delegation of ministers calling for the prime minister to go does just highlighted to many MPs that they didn't think he was quite leg in terms of his judgment perhaps he didn't have enough experience and it wasn't ready to go for the top job I think this combined with questions over his finance and some of his spending pledges which not everyone thought was were funded some mixed messages on the airwaves I think all meant that um, a candidate who was being seen as a, a real potentially someone who could go far has fallen in, in the first round um, so those are the two knockouts and then that means um, that you have in terms of who's left the front runner is Rishi Sunak on 88 nominations but followed very closely behind by Penny Morden on 67 mm. a candidate is, I think there's increasing chatter about if you look at the membership polling which puts her on front then you've got Liz Truss I think leading if you're looking at the candidates trying to take the votes from the right but also Kemi Badenoch has made it through in 40 Suella Braveman has made it through in 33 and just to clarify Truss had 50 nominations so I think there is a real question now for the right of the party which is do they want to get behind one of those candidates because looking at the numbers and obviously not every vote would go in the same place you can't control MPs like that but looking at the numbers they would have a serious shot of getting a candidate that they wanted in the final two if they could rally around one but if not it looks as though you're potentially heading to Rishi Sunak versus Penny Morden now both Rishi Sunak and Penny Morden are Brexiteers but I don't think they're seen as fishing in the same pool as other three in terms of some of their positions Now James it wasn't clear that Suella Braverman would make it past this level as Katie says she is splitting the vote for the Tory right so is the pressure going to be on her now over the course of the next 24 hours to you know bow out I mean, there will be pressure for the right to, uh, as Katie said, to unite behind one candidate. I mean, what complicates matters is that Suella Braverman is a Brexiteer who voted against Theresa May's deal repeatedly. Liz Truss is someone who campaigned for Remain and voted for Theresa May's deal. And I mean, there will be there will be a hardcore of Suella Braverman supporters who are like, why should this mm. Spartan Brexiteer give way to this, this person who voted for Remain. And so I think, I think that, that is a complication there. But clearly what the trust camp want is to try and unite the right. I think Kemi Badenoch 
is is a complicated to describe her political positioning, which is she is obviously kind of on the right in some of the things, uh, you know, in her, 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 but I don't think kind of anti-wokery is actually kind of controversial in the Tory party. Mm. And I was very struck how the fact that she, in her speech, she hasn't come out in favour of immediate tax cuts. She's instead said, which is one of the big things that the right is arguing for in this context, and instead said the state needs to stop doing things if we're going to cut taxes. And then another complication is that Michael Gove is one of Kenny Badnock's biggest backers. And I think it is fair to say that relations between Michael Gove and the kind of Brexit ultras on the Tory right are closer to the Arctic than the Sahara. And, and so I, I think that, that that complicates things in that in terms of that dynamic. I think we wait to see how this now... Now, this is all very quick, because there is another round of voting tomorrow. I think at the moment, it is hard to see where Suella Braveman has power to add. She, she picks up a very particular type of support, and there are not that many of those people who back Nadim Zahavi and Jeremy Hunt. Nadim Zahavi has come out and said, I'm staying neutral in this contest, which a cynic might say is a sign of how unpredictable it is. That, um, it, uh, and then uh, we wait to see what happens with Jeremy Hunt. Obviously, uh, as Katie said, you know, him and Tom Tugendhat vied in that kind of one nation lane. So Tom Tugendhat, I mean, would, would hope for that support. Let's wait and see what happens there. And so we wait to see how the kind of contest goes down. And also, crucially here, as Katie rightly said, you can't move MPs around in blocks. You know, so, so yes, these endorsements matter, but also watch to see where their people go. And I think the other thing to watch out for is, there is an interesting question, which is, because the contest remains so fluid, do some people think, well, actually, I might stop off at Kemi Badnock on the way to wherever I'm eventually going to go, because that is a, a, a place to be. And then I think Penny Morden, I think Katie raised a very, very interesting question. Penny Morden has been has been pulling support in from lots of different wings of the party. And and I think the question now is she did significantly better than her declared numbers. The question is, you know, does she now have power to add to that? Mm. And Katie, where will Nadim Zahawi's supporters go to? Do we do we have an idea of that? Or is it as James says? all over the place? Well, I think right now, people are picking up the phone and frantically calling some of those backers to say, move to our side. And it's going to be really interesting to see where they go. Look, we're hearing, and we just alluded to it, pressure tonight for the free candidates on the right. So that is... Um, Kerry Badenoch, Sarah Braveman, Liz Trust to come together and words of a Telegraph journalist blow Sunak out the water. I think it's... So we're going to start to see... Rishi Sunak is the front runner at the moment, but are supporters of Nadim Zahori going to roam behind Rishi Sunak? Are they going to roam behind Penny Morden? Will some actually move to the right? And I think it's what's making this really unpredictable is we don't know where all the camps are going to go. Some of them will go in different directions. And therefore, I think tonight there'll be lots of phone calls about that. I think it's particularly time is of the essence on the right of the party, because if you think about the next round, I think those are the margins that are the lowest. But also... Rishi Sunak is going to need others to fold into him. He has a high number of backers, but for example, there's lots of talk at the moment uh, about we're hearing this idea that Gavin Williamson's in Rishi Sunak's team, and therefore they're going to be playing with the numbers. And this is what Boris Johnson did with um, Gavin Williamson. I think if you look at Rishi Sunak's numbers, they are not high enough mm. if you compare them to really think that you've got, uh, yes, you're the front runner, to think you've got 50 to play around with to manipulate the results. 
in the sense that Sunak's on 88, Morden's on 67. So Rishi Sunak will need other camps to start to fall into him to keep the momentum, to keep the pace. Um, and I think that's where it's quite interesting some of the membership polling today because mm. it definitely feels as Penny Morden is now emerging as the candidate who apparently would beat everyone in a runoff. Though I would just caution him in the sense that Penny Morden does have cabinet experience dating back to Theresa May and before. Um, but are you going to have... Is there a higher risk of a candidate Penny Morden that they could blow themselves up purely on the basis that less is known about them? Mm-hmm. So there's been some interesting polling today about the percentage of the public and Tory voters who know who each candidate is. Penny Morden's is strikingly low. And that means she has a great opportunity to make a good impression, but also means opinion could turn very quickly. So, so I think it does mean that it's still rather unpredictable, but I think we are seeing that tussle between Rishi Sunak, Penny Morden, and then a candidate on the right, which at the moment looks like it's probably Liz Truss. And James, just very finally, walk us through the next 24 hours. What will that look like? And what will the tomorrow's evening round of the leadership contest look like? Well, I think if you've backed either Jeremy Hunt or Nadeem Zahawi, you might be tempted to say, oh, I'll go home, I'll have a drink, I'll be disappointed, my candidate is out. You don't need to go home. You can probably wander into any bar in the Palace of Westminster (laughs) and have um, various people buy you a drink, be very keen to bend your ear, explain the merits and virtues of of their candidate to you. There will be a, a huge attempt to try and secure as many of those votes as possible by all the campaigns and remember this is a, this is an odd thing because we've talked all the way through this con uh, for this podcast about left right one nation brexiteer all these things but these contests are also deeply personal you know, these are 360 people who do know each other and there are friendships that go in odd ideological directions and the like and so you know there will be a lot of pressure being put on people saying oh look you know we've known each other for years come on over kind of thing so I think we can expect a lot of that tonight and then I think there is also as as Katie said there is another big question for the Tory party which is what is it looking for in the next leader and I think this is the kind of question, again, which slightly scrambles the ideological element here, because there will be people saying, well, look, hang on a second, do you want to go for someone who, as Katie said, there is a, the benefit of saying, oh, look, this is clearly a new government if you pick someone who has not been in the government but the, or, or in the cabinet. But the other risk of that, as Katie said, is that people, people say, well, hang on a second, how did this person end up as my prime minister? So I think you kind of, I think the Tory body will have will be doing some of its kind of re, trying to work out very rapidly what to do and some regular soul searching. But the, but the timetable here is brutal. With this mm. another vote tomorrow, and then another vote on Monday. Is there a threshold for tomorrow's vote? Or? No, tomorrow's so, vote is just the bottom candidate goes out. Right, I see. So by the end of tomorrow, we could have just five people left. We will just have five people left. That's guaranteed. Katie and James, thanks very much, and thank you very much for listening. Do join us again tomorrow. A Spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.